Hey, divas. Hey, babes. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Mace. Wait, where are we? Is this Queer Queer Town? I think it is. Queer Queer Town. Town. Yes, it sure seems to be that this is Queer Queer Town. Town. Well, now that we've solved that mystery, I think we can finally start this episode. Today, we're sitting down with a guest who needs no introduction, but we're going to give you one anyway. A bright and raucous force in the Austin community for well over a decade, today's guest is a queer and trans-inclusive body-positive activist and personal trainer. Her uniquely versatile sensibilities as a performance artist, photographer, and even mayoral candidate have been well-documented in Austin's queer scene, so it is a great pleasure to get to welcome to Queer Town the one and only Erica Nix! Yay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, oh Erica. Welcome to Queer Town. Y'all are blowing my mind right now. I've never seen an intro live like that. I just <laughs> thought they were pre-recorded. That was so cute. What'd you think? <laughs> I loved it. Did we do you justice? Yeah. It, we, could you hear me laughing a little bit? Yeah. It was precious. Y'all were on fire. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, speaking of fire... Let's talk about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) It's hot. It's so hot. Yeah. It is crazy hot. And fortunately, for those of us hanging out in the Queer Town Clubhouse, we are able to sip on some tasty bevs from our fantastic beverage sponsor, Circle Brewing. Born, bred, and brewed here in Texas, Circle is North Austin's oldest brewery and now Elgin's newest brewery. Their seasonal fanny pack Kolsch is really hitting the spot with these disgustingly hot temps. You know, it is so hot outside that I felt a breeze last night. Like a, It was like a two-second long breeze, and that was different than anything I had felt in the last week. It was a breeze that made my nipples hard for sure. <laughs> it was like I was washed over. I felt like Cinderella when her fairy godmother showed up, and I was suddenly given this like gorgeous ball gown, and it was literally wind. That is what we were talking about. It's the simple pleasures these days. Yes. I took a hot bath and then let it cool down and stayed in so long that I was actually cold last night and put on a hoodie. What? Is that for you? Isn't that crazy? How did that feel? I I thought maybe I was sick. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not. Yeah, because I was like, what's happening? Because it was 77 in my house, so I did have the AC mm-hmm. on, you know, it's pr- pretty cold, but not yeah. that cold. Yeah. yeah, not chilly. Not chilly. You know, I thought the summer was going to be the summer that I got into, like, doing cold plunges, mm. but I tried to take a cold shower the other day, and <laughs> it was, my bodily response was violent. Like, I was like, no, I must have a hot shower. Yeah, That's but the only way just go. imagine someone over you holding you going, you can do this you're amazing oh my god you're almost there counting you down that's the difference (laughs) that's not for me either nope yeah i took a room temp shower uh the other day after like an hour-long walk and it felt amazing i'm usually like a very like hot water person but Mm -hmm. um this was like tiptoeing my way into chilly water Mm -hmm. i mean it really is so hot out there yeah it's It's not great. It's brutal. But I think that is all the more reason why going to Erica Nix's Mm -hmm. event, Splash Dance, was all the more magical. Being in that cold water, hanging out with a bunch of other hotties, working out, feeling the vibes. (laughs) I mean, it it truly was like the best part of that day for me. Yeah, it was definitely the highlight of my weekend for sure. Oh, yay. Yeah, I love doing it. It's like people also, I feel like they feel like they're like in an 
you know, in the belly of their mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Like you, just being engulfed by the water in that way brings out this like joy that's unexpected, I think. I'm glad that you mentioned that because one of the thoughts that I had when we were twirling around in the water is that you bring a certain sense of childlike wonder to really adult subjects. Mm. Uh, And I think that's such a gift because oftentimes when we're talking about you know, pleasure or the human body, there's a lot of heaviness associated with it. And Mm. I might be projecting here, but I would imagine that a lot of that is because we just don't know much in America about our own bodies or how to bring happiness to us. But like, there you are sort of as this ambassador of like, Hey, let's have fun. And let's also like, you literally said the word taint in the (laughs) class. (laughs) Like, I I think it's fantastic. I think it's this amazing experience that you were able to cultivate for Mm. people. So I guess my first question of the day for you is like, what was the impetus for splash dance? Oh, man. You know, like, when Justin Timberlake is like, I was born to do this. Do you know that song? I always said that very rude. I was like, please. But that is how I feel about splash dance. And it's like a very weird talent to have and very specific. But I think, um, yeah, I'm just like an aerobics genius. Goddess, angel. You are. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I studied Richard Simmons. By studying, I mean, I just did his videos over and over again. And he's the same, you know. And if you go to his live classes, he has, I mean, you can't anymore, unfortunately. But um, it's he's just so out there, so wacky. And the whole time, it's like kind of spinning you, you know. So you're like, what is even happening? Because um, he's just off the chain. Like, if that, is that a word, off the chain? Yeah. That's a phrase, right? That's yeah. a phrase, for off sure. Off the hook. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't. He's just a big weirdo. And I think when you get lost in all of that, you kind of forget all the things that you feel self-conscious about. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, being in your swimsuit alone can make people feel really um, insecure and uncomfortable. So, But being around other people and like letting that go. And, you know, I also make fun of myself a lot. Um, (laughs) You do. Yeah, you're very self-effacing in a way that I think uh, speaks to the phrase that you throw out at the beginning of the class, which is like, you don't have to be perfect here and you yourself embody that, which I think is very refreshing because a lot of times when I go to spin classes in particular, it's someone who is behaving or at least presenting in a way that feels aspirational. And they're like, and you know what? You might have hardships today, but you can get through them. I'm like, what are your hardships, Chelsea? (laughs) (laughs) But at least for you, you're like, you know what? I forgot that choreography and it's okay. We're going to move through it. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm getting older. It's only going to get worse, you know? You think? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Richard Simmons literally has his class count when I went, you know, when was that? Five, eight? I don't, I don't remember how long ago it was now, but he would make us count with him. And I'm pretty sure it's because he would forget, mm. within, you know, oh, it was like yeah. eight. Seven. So, like, then when you get to one, he's like, and now knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, Austin is considered to be a very quote, I'm making quotes right now, fit city. And, you know, there are so many fitness environments I've stepped into where it's very much there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this and a right way to look and a wrong way to look. And so, being in an environment where it's like, no, there's no right or wrong, there's just what feels good for you. And I want 
to encourage you to be playful and silly and have a good time. Like that's so rare um, and so wonderful to experience. Yeah. I'm so glad you felt that. It's really important to me. I know I actually, I go to a gym that's very like Instagram model heavy Mm -hmm. and usually it's fine. But today was like one of those days where like, it's kind of like coming out of the closet again or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, Mm -hmm. because like, what I really love is when I talk to people that work out with me that later have the confidence to go into any space and work out. Right. Cause like once you're like, Hey, I can be part of like, I can be part of physical culture. Maybe I didn't think I fit in there, but now that I've learned what does feel good to me and I want to learn more, you know, they feel more comfortable going to other spaces, but sometimes like I'll even go into those spaces feeling pretty confident and um, and then I'll find myself like looking around like, oh, there's one of me, you know, like, <laughs> like when you live in a small town, you're like, yep. that person's maybe queer. But <laughs> instead of like what I was noticing is like the one person I was like, there's the weirdo that's not like part of, you know, that's like trying with me. Mm-hmm. And like he kind of like averted his eyes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, like he doesn't want to associate with the other weirdo. He's trying to assimilate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like there's the the people who are like you know you're very liberated in your body and it's like people who aren't quite there yet people who still feel like they have to fit a mold are probably trying to avert they're like oh you know there's another way to be but this is the only way I've ever been you know I can I I have experienced that myself (laughs) oh 100 percent I have to confess something which is that for a period of time and I'm talking like five to six years here I went by a different name at gyms (laughs) Because I was just so self-conscious about my body and like I swam growing up, but I had no strength training. I had no experience with weights or even like yoga really. And so it was like everything that I started doing as a young adult was new to me. And you know, like anything, there was a learning curve, but there was this one boot camp class where the instructor somehow thought my name was Andrew and I didn't correct him. (laughs) And for the rest of the time that I went to that gym, I was Andrew. And then I just took that with me, like all throughout college, whenever I went to like Pilates or yoga or whatever, I was always Andrew. And you know what? Andrew can show up in ways that Mace can't. Like Andrew like taps into an energy that I don't (laughs) know if I can on my own. (laughs) Does Andrew dress differently too? I think Andrew's a little more confident. I think it's like if the shirt needs to come off, Andrew's okay yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Andrew walks in with a crop top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, there's definitely like a psychological aspect of like, yeah, I'm an actor. What's going on here? <laughs> but you know what? It worked. Okay. And it got me out of my head. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. But I think it definitely speaks to some of the weird energy that can exist and mm-hmm. why splash dance is so unique to me in the, um, the energy and the experience that it provides people because it truly feels like that pool party scene in Shrill where A.D. Bryant is in the water in this like really body positive celebratory way for the first time in her life. That is what that felt like to me. Oh, that's amazing. I love that scene. I love that. That was so good I, I to be compared to that. It feels incredible. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for putting it on. Yeah. And thanks for having us. Yeah. So I'm curious to know what was your origin? What was what's the origin story for your love for of aerobics? 
Well, definitely Richard Simmons, mm-hmm. Jane Fonda, and Jazzercise. Mm-hmm. So I would go to Jazzercise with my mom. Um, my aunt was a Jazzercise teacher for a while. I have her old Jazzercise records, which I guess is illegal or something, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, naughty. Like, I know. <laughs> she got really nervous when she found out that I took them. <laughs> I guess, anyway, it's a big deal. I'm sure Judy Massette, the owner of Jazzercise, would not mind. I actually met her and had Mexican food with her once. Oh, wow. I know. Random question. Do yeah. you remember what you ordered? <laughs> I don't, but I remember that I really, it was Mexican food and I really wanted a margarita. And mm. her son was like, don't order a margarita. She won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I did not. Yeah. Not, yeah. Did you Is order that, one after she left? I don't, I mean, no, I don't think so. I think we left around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, one thing that I was kind of surprised to find out about you is that you don't love working out. I don't. And I'm truly shocked by that because you bring such enthusiasm and energy to every workout that you conduct yourself for others. So how did you kind of get to that point? Yeah, I mean, I love I loved dance growing up, right? So that was part of where that started. But like the idea of like getting up and doing something positive for myself is just really... <laughs> It's really hard to do, you know? I really mm-hmm. enjoy the benefits, and I always know, like, when it's over, I'm going to be like, good job, you did it, you did it. But in the moment, I'm just not, that's not something that that I necessarily want to spend my time doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a heart, like, the things I want for other people, I don't know if y'all are like this too, but it's hard to bring to myself a lot. Yeah. Yep, I have a very hard time taking my own advice. Mm-hmm. Typical Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> but if you start like your own class, mm. then you have to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of part of the part of the growth of that. Just like, well, I guess I'll do this more for myself if I'm doing it for other people. Yeah. When you've had quite a few evolutions over the years, I mean, I, I think you moved to Austin in 1999 mm-hmm. and you've had several uh, chapters, I guess, uh, with fitness and with the people that are sort of like in your core crew and how y'all have kind of like moved through space and trends, I would imagine, together or perhaps solo in certain instances. What kind of keeps you coming back to everything? Yeah, I mean, I think it just kind of, it's been this gro- like change and growth. So there's always like a new place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of have found it, you know, naturally I was in that punk rock band where I was doing it kind of like as a performance art piece. Mm-hmm. And then um, my friends were like, hey, we should make this a web show. And then from that, there was interest in, enough interest in the web show that Cheer Up Charlie's at their old location had us like have classes there for free, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we used to like to work for free? Oh, yeah. A <laughs> classic. We'll never go back. Yeah. yeah, but it was still really fun. And sometimes no one would show up and we would just like have cocktails and take photo shoots of our, you know, all of our cool leotards and stuff. Oh, it sounds like a damn good time. It was a really good time. Yeah. And then Real Studios started to ask me to come and that changed. Um, and then I started that class transitions mm-hmm. where I had a lot of like trans or non-binary people come to me and, um, you know, do more strength training based things. Mm-hmm. And then when that studio closed, you know, cl- studios just closing and closing and closing and the rent. So it gets so high here in Austin. It's like old story, but, um, 
And then I decided to open my own place because I just didn't think there was a safe place for the group that we had mm-hmm. created um, at Class Transitions. So, and then eventually Class Transitions just kind of a lot of people moved away and the same desire from that um, community wasn't coming to me for that. So, which is great. Like I think they found other places and um, so that we didn't need to have a space for that anymore, you know, which, um, and now I'm looking into doing more like hopefully like multiple abilities is what me and Rocky really want to focus on. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It'd be very cool. Yeah. I injured my back a few years ago Mm. and I feel like there's been this whole like interesting new era of like my Mm -hmm. physical mobility and how I've been doing things and I've been fearful of certain spaces that I think are going to be too intense Yeah, where it's like, I'm going to have to do like a meet and greet ahead of time to be like, this is what I feel comfortable doing. This is what I'm scared of. This is maybe where I want to be challenged. And I don't think a lot of like male dominated spaces are open to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh man, just like push through. You got this. Yeah. Or even communities that um, would maybe consider themselves to be like body positive and open still don't carry that same theme. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I go to yoga. um, I have some instructors that I really stick to, but there have been a few that I've taken where I'm like, okay, you're saying that this is a space that's open for me to have free movement. And yet you're coming over here telling me I'm doing it wrong. Like (laughs) I know my body better than you do. Like I'm going to do what makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that is kind of what inspired me is my own personal having MS and not being able to walk on one leg Mm -hmm. um, for a time. So I was teaching on zoom during that time. um, But I realized like, Oh wow. Like there are, you know, you want to be body positive. Mm -hmm. You want to be like, you don't want to be an ableist, but like, you don't really get it until you really start to experience some of those things. Right. Like I mm-hmm. wish, I wish we did. Cause I think that's a huge problem in our society. Right. That it's like, why do we have to actually experience that pain to believe someone when they say mm-hmm. that they need like modifications or, um, you know, all, you know, anything other than what we're used to giving, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that did change. Like, I was like, Oh, this is really like something that I might need to look to for my own future. Mm-hmm. And why not like try to provide it? for other people. I don't know about y'all, but whenever I, as a kid did one of those, um, yoga videos, Mm -hmm. there would always be the people in the back that they would, uh, reference as like the modification examples. And it often just felt like the most like pathetic person possible. It's so rude. It's so rude. rude. And it was always like, oh, like, and there's Frank and like, well, we're just happy he showed up, but he kind of (laughs) sucks. Oh my God. I don't think I saw those videos, but I'm so happy that I missed that. Yeah. I think I got a lot of mental garbage from those, let me tell you. Well, I've, I've also been Frank in the back who's just yes. shown up. Yes. You know? yes. And I always yeah. walk out and I'm like, fuck it. You know what? I did show up today and I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I might have been in that one pose for 10 minutes, but you know what? That was the pose I needed to be in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
circling back to splash dance because you know I think that like water aerobics is actually like a fairly accessible like form of exercise or movement for people you know with different of differing ages and abilities um, to be able to have that like weight release in the water mm. and I haven't taken a water aerobics class since I think I was in like middle school and to be able to feel that again and like you know I also have some chronic injuries I think you know as we get older we all have something going on with our bodies yep. um, was so liberating and so awesome yeah. oh great I'm so glad you felt that yeah I mean the water I love it depends on where you're standing right like mm-hmm. but True. with um you know I have very large breasts mm-hmm. and so I, I enjoy just having like wow I don't have to like worry about these right now yeah you know yeah, yeah I'll let the yeah. water help you out yeah, yeah. <laughs> the luxury mm-hmm. like take this weight off <laughs> <laughs> Um, one question that I have for you is obviously you're on a show called Queer Town right now. I and am. so, um, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so your whole vibe, uh, as long as I've known you, which has been several years now, has been, uh, like radically inclusive with what you are talking about, what you were mentioning and who you're kind of bringing up on stage with you as far as your backup dancers are concerned. Has that always been a through line as far as the movement work that you've been doing? Or is that something that um, kind of got added in at some point down the line? Well, I mean, we've always been queer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I think, you know, we try to be more and more inclusive the more, um, you know, the older I get and the more we learn, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's always been like trying to give a platform to people that aren't normally, um, don't normally have a platform, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, back in the, you know, long, long time ago, just having queer people that didn't look like the L word <laughs> was like a big deal. You yeah. know, like, wow, this weirdo is being represented. Um so, but that changes every day, right? Like it's, we have to go beyond that now. So yeah, I try to do that more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, so I moved back to Austin eight years ago this summer and both Charlie and myself are from here and I would love to hold space for the next few minutes just talking about Austin as a city because mm-hmm. I think it's such a complex and ever changing, um, city that we find ourselves in and I'm curious you know you're a freelancer you do a lot of things on your own or perhaps in collaboration um how do you feel about Austin in 2023 well have you seen my movie (laughs) (laughs) well yes I watched it this morning (laughs) yeah there's clearly a lot of thoughts (laughs) yeah um yeah that pretty much wraps it up (laughs) but yeah I mean it's difficult as an artist I I think um this year, I actually made more money than I have in a long time. Fuck yeah. Which is uh, men- means I owe a lot of taxes I didn't pay. So there was that. <laughs> Wait, let me see if I yeah. can get the sound effect correct. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, IRS. <laughs> Which one it. were we going for? It was like a wah wah. Mace Mansions, Oh my god. Mace Mansions, his age. So oh no, what's your age? <laughs> wow, really messy. Yeah. Um, so I'm. 
younger than Laura and Javi, and that used to be a constant joke, but now Charlie's the baby of the bunch. So I, see, I, I think see. we need to get rid of that sound effect. Because <laughs> I'm no longer going to be like, oh, I'm so much younger than all of you. <laughs> I would really like to just have an entire show of just playing those buttons, I feel like. <laughs> I... I need to label them. That's that's what <laughs> yes. this comes down to. Because I'll like listen to them before every episode, and I never remember. No. And it's like, oh, I think it's in that corner. Nope. <laughs> well, can you with your voice like show me what it was supposed? To oh be? yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. I can do this. <clears throat> yeah, there's it's like a wah wah. <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the sound effect for you owe a bunch of taxes. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> pretty scary. It's pretty bad, but yeah, I mean, in general, I have also been hustling so hard, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't know like how long I can do that for. Um, yeah. So Austin, it's growing. I don't know. It's such a you talk about it and I'll disagree or agree. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's an approach. Okay. Uh, I think that Austin's a challenging city. I yeah. think that it, like, for the work that I'm doing in film production and as a performer in, you know, live venues, there's a lot of opportunities here, which is great. But there's also um, a little bit of like a tendency to make everything scrappy, which sometimes isn't so great. And um, there's all these people in the audience who a lot of them are great and lovely, but I also feel like with the whole rise of the tech industry here, mm -hmm. you know, we're getting people who have a lot of money, but don't necessarily have the same um, absurdist style of taste in uh, entertainment that I like. And I think that's been interesting to uh, just feel out, oh, I'm suddenly performing for like more of like a normal audience mm -hmm. than something that's interested in like, you know, like stinky uh, humor, things that um, feel a little uh, funkier and more radical in their um, commentary. Sure. Yeah. And that's been especially the case since 2020. Um, and, and it's interesting, right? Because Queer Town can go a thousand different ways. You know, mm -hmm. We can just do like dumb, silly pop culture things. But I also feel like when we started doing the show in 2017, we had a lot of like just like stupid things <laughs> that were inherent <laughs> to us. And I don't ever want to walk away from that. But yeah. it is funny when it's like, oh, it just isn't landing the way it used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an interesting, so I, that's what I miss about, um, well, that's what I love about drag shows, right? Especially mm -hmm. like, it's always also like, how do you do this? Like when people have a show and they do it every single week, they have a different thing. Yeah. And I do feel like our queer community, I think is pretty generous, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm a little spoiled. The show I did recently at Far Fall Fallout theater fallout yeah. right fallout, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah because they yes i know the story now um it's a fallout anyway. shelter yes <laughs> <laughs> um you could tell like the a lot of people 
were like, is this all that's going to happen with my booby hypnosis? Because I just like say positive affirmations while I sway my boobs side to side, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm used to that, like really hitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, so in that way, I did experience it, but I thought it was more about the fact that I was at like a comedy kind of improv situation mm-hmm. where people were hoping to just laugh and not necessarily be like, oh, because when I've done that at like, um, at, like at Her Majesty's old show, like people were like, wow, you know, they were mm-hmm. more interested in like different performances happening, like a variety show situation. Mm-hmm. It takes the right audience participation for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, when I first started doing improv in Austin, I felt like there was this demographic who was like packing out the house of every show I did And I was part of this very experimental troupe where um, it was really leaning into like the theatricality of it. Mm -hmm. And we would do a lot of um, like group vocalizations that would serve as transitions between the scenes. And it felt Mm -hmm. very mystical in a way. That does sound very cool. And I loved it. I don't know if that would fly today. I feel like Mm -hmm. I've increasingly had shows where people walk out of them because it's like, oh, they don't want to see two pieces of shit talking to each other. I do. (laughs) No, like I, we literally did a sketch a few years ago where, um, it was, I was a piece of poop that someone (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, was, uh, Javi, our co-host of Queer Town, uh, was someone who was trying to like basically like douche and um i wasn't wanting to leave his butt that was the scene <laughs> that was the fucking scene. that's amazing and yeah. we used actual water and it hit every time but we've like kind of talked like okay should we bring this for queer town live show and like i think yes absolutely yeah but yes. it's also this like weird thing of like wait a minute it's like is everyone there going to be okay with this or are we going to get some walkouts? I think you have to be okay with some walkouts. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably. it's like pretty much our responsibility to keep the weird happening. Yeah. You know, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that like, yeah, the audience in Austin has changed a lot. So to maybe have some walkouts means that you're hitting the mark that you want to hit. And yeah. you know the show that you're putting on, it's actually kind of like a gold star of like, hell yeah, we made somebody so uncomfortable and some people also really got it and laughed mm-hmm. their asses off. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And like at the end of the day, like I'm doing comedy. It's yeah. it's meant to be dumb. It's meant to be irreverent. And, right. You know, mm-hmm. pulling from threads that we're not always talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And Erica, you don't identify as a comedian, which I find to be very interesting because you are fucking hysterical. Oh, thank you. No, all comedians are depressed. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I love like I, I love just flying by the seat of my pants and being silly. But the actually, you know, to call yourself a comedian is like feels like a heavy responsibility. But you do make people laugh on a very regular basis whenever you perform. Yeah, but I think it's like, I think my um, my purpose of like getting people to like get into their bodies and forget what they're doing by like a spoonful of sugar Mary Poppins style. Like I think that's my real purpose for comedy mm. and connection, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm really interested in connecting with people and building community. Um and I used, I dated like a comedian in the 
I like to say the 90s, but it was actually in the aughts, but it's funnier to say the 90s. <laughs> it's hotter. Uh-huh. And that just didn't appeal to me. Watching him have to do the same thing over and over again. And then also, you know, it's like listening, nothing against po- this podcast. Perfect. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. But you sure. know, like mm-hmm. some of them are very like, you're like, you know how it's going to begin in the middle and it's mm-hmm. okay. But if you listen to too many in a row, you're like, oh my, it's so formal. It's very yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I really love like comedy that, um, that kind of like either does like a little touche to that, you know, mm-hmm. like the runaround at the end is something you're not expecting or, or if it's, um, totally outside the box, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I think wrapping my head around being like making my own performance based on making people laugh sounds terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that that is why your movie, Erica's first, holy shit, mm has such variety to it that there's so many different personalities that there's so many different um energies and uh perspectives that are shown is it's not just comedy it's also all of these other things yeah i mean i think also there were four people writing as well right Mm -hmm. like jessica did more probably i mean she wrote too like we all wrote it together but i'd say sawyer and jeremy are more of like the detail I don't know. They actually write, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and Jessica and I, I just have ideas and a lot of it is based on my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the real funny like gags are like Sawyer and Jeremy a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're like, I hate to stereotype, but they're like the, you know, like they're like the witty gay men. Oh, they're incredibly you know what I mean? witty. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. They have it's a like, vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They're like, when you leave brunch with all your gay boys and you leave and you're like, I feel like I'm like amazing. Like a hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. cause they just laughed for like yes. two hours <laughs> straight. Yep. That is them. Well, and Jeremy has that amazing, like self-created series that he does on Instagram where it's like all of the dumbest screenshots and memes that he's collected over the past who, who knows how long And I love going through it because it's like 20 different things and it's always like some like dumb little interesting tidbit into like the (laughs) modern psyche. (laughs) So niche. (laughs) Like on the mouthfeel account? Yeah. I've never even read it that way before. I'm just like, go Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. It's like, it makes me feel like I'm the front row for a really like perverse comedy show where it's like, Mm. oh, fuck yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's always something that's like idiotic. I can't think one off the top of my head but it's it's like such a simple little thing um but it makes me giggle every time yeah he's hilarious yeah and a lot of times i'll be like why are you like the emojis he'll choose i'll be like what what is this he's like i think it's hilarious i'm like oh (laughs) i thought you were actually like praying at me (laughs) Yeah, well, um, I had the opportunity to watch Erica's first Holy Shit plug. Everybody go watch it. Um, coming off of the Barbie movie, which we watched last night. Oh, my God. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw it in theaters last night. Did mm-hmm. you love it? It was great. The Barbie movie. I feel like there were a few things that I wanted more of, but right. the Barbie land 
stuff they really nailed. Yeah. Like it, it so was good. so like exactly what you want it to be That's in those good. scenes. Yeah. Are y'all like sponsored by them at all or whoever they <sighs> I are? I wish. Okay. Mattel, hit me up. Yeah, yeah Mattel. Give me a call. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then I won't say anything bad if you you know, if you want Mattel to be your sponsor. Oh, you can say oh, yeah. whatever you want. Like. Say whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. <laughs> this is a critical thought podcast. I mean, you know, it's nothing it's like I get it. I watched some documentary that made me feel better about Barbie, like a while back where I was like, Oh yeah, that is feminist in some way. It just got lost. But like it did like all of the marketing was like a little triggering for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this to a few people and no one agrees. Like everyone kind of like you can see their eyes like glaze over, like they don't want to hear my Barbie rant. So mm-hmm. y'all can just tell me to stop. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear your Barbie I had a rant. Very extensive conversation with a friend yesterday while we were driving together. And she and her girlfriend just are not into the movie. They're not excited by it. They're kind of disgusted by it. They're like, why are more people not questioning this? And, and I think like my perspective, and I absolutely want to hear yours Mm -hmm. on the matter. Like for me, I played with Barbies growing up. Mm. It felt like something that was withheld and it was very much um, like tucked away. Sure. So I also feel like girlhood is something that so many women, um, had to like distance themselves from because that's not who they are as a woman today. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all can speak mm-hmm. this better than I can, but it seems like those two things are like really at the forefront mm-hmm. of this. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is the celebration of a product. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like the main, I mean, I hear that they celebrate like all types of Barbies, right? That it's not just like one kind of Barbie, but mm-hmm. most of the marketing that I have seen and the people that I love, like the people that I know that have been involved and they're posting about it, I do love those people, but they mm-hmm. do look like the stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand why the marketing isn't matching the new message that the movie is supposed to be giving. Right. And as like a body positive ambassador, that still bothers me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's part of me that wonders if they're trying to swindle the masses to go see it to like mm. subliminally, not even subliminally, <laughs> it's pretty overt, like yeah. rope them into like sitting for two and a half hours to like hear this message, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'm wondering if it's that subversive, but I doubt it. I'm just trying to be hopeful. No, it, the stuff in the real world directly calls out everything we're talking about here yeah. in the script of the movie. Right. And America Ferreira has a very good monologue. Yeah. And Charlie, you happen to go to the bathroom during the most oh, of no. it. I <laughs> have to pee so bad. Me, but I was like, oh my God, you are missing like the linchpin of why the movie exists. Oh. Also, I'm just going to go ahead and say now, spoilers, question mark, for anybody listening. You know, if you haven't seen the Barbie movie, there might be just a few. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I don't feel spoiled. I haven't seen it. Well, and this episode's coming out in a week or two. Okay, perfect. um, Yeah, go see it. If you haven't seen it, you're late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? You're late to the convo, babe. Don't know what to tell you. Well, I'm glad. That's what I keep on hearing. I just, I guess just like the the amount of marketing. It's like hearing the same song on the radio over and over again. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of already over it. But I know, I think the movie is going to make up for it, but... Hurry up. I think it's like a imperfect, right? Like mm-hmm. it, there's never a world in which this was going to answer everything. Uh, I think 
it's a lot better than it would have been had it come out 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like uh, Elizabeth and I were talking about this just before uh, we went into the screening, like what this movie would have looked like had it come out in 1996 oh, yeah. versus like 2023. And Why 1996? Uh, that's when I got my first Barbie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, who would have played Barbie? It might have been like Nicole Kidman. Uh, right. Probably would have been an all-white cast. Yeah. It likely would have been um, directed by a man, written by a man. Mm-hmm. Like the Barbie movie by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I might watch that one. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be fucked up. But <laughs> well, you know, we were having a conversation about this earlier that reminded me of Kate McKinnon's character. Yeah. Of like the weird, they literally call her the weird Barbie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's the one where all of her hair was cut off and she was like dropped into the splits a million times and, you know, scissoring other Barbies and like, <laughs> like you know, in anthropomorphized (laughs) and like I'm like oh like I relate not only to that's how I treated my Barbies but also it's like yeah oh I maybe was that persona as like a younger person and also thinking about the conversation of like oh being that weirdo at the gym but then that character is the one who kind of liberates everybody else Mm -hmm. and is like kind of like an aspirational (laughs) figure of like self-awareness and inclusion and I was like oh there's a through line there I don't know yeah Mm -hmm. well I'm looking forward to feeling better about it I think it's worth checking out and approaching it from whatever perspective feels right. Because there were certain things while watching it. I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I would have done that. Well, just like watching like what the the first new season of Sex and the City or whatever. Yeah. That was a little bit like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like I, oh man, I could talk about and just like that for hours. Oh my God. That show is so strange and <laughs> odd and it's clearly coming from a place of like trying to right certain wrongs yes. mm-hmm. but it's incredibly up its own ass with the story it's telling and honestly the second season is worse is like, that I was feeling like I was becoming immune. I I have found the second season to be much more digestible. See, me oh. too. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's horrible. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it feels like even more try hard and just bland. Mm-hmm. Huh. I find the second season to be more true to the ethos of the original show. Mm. I, the thing that I struggle with, and this has been the case with the first season and the second season, is that... The character of Carrie Bradshaw, I just struggle with this portrayal that she would be so sex averse at this point in her life. Yes. I feel like she would be this like really like fun and casual person who is uh, like demystifying certain things. Mm. And like they literally had a whole episode this season where it's like she didn't want to say vagina. I know. Yeah. When did she become, but maybe is that happened to some people when they get older? Yeah. Like my dad hates poop and fart jokes like Mm. incredibly. I don't know if he was always like that. Yeah. I kind of imagine in college if someone did a poop joke and he acted the way he does today, he would have no friend. (laughs) You know, he's like, yeah. oh, no, please so, stop. So you're saying that your dad would have walked out for my poop sketch? A hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did y'all ever start saying that hundo P? I started, uh... <laughs> Hundo P, that phrase? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hundo P. Hundo yeah. P. Hundo P. <laughs> yeah. I thought it, I could try to, you know, pull it off, and I even bought, like, some gold knuckle rings, but they didn't have, like, the percent thing, so I it was, like, a hundred and a P, but it just looked like it said loop. 
<laughs> or pool backwards. Yeah, or pool, which would kind of work now with my splash dance, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Wow. So we will be right back from commercial break. are back in the Queer Town Clubhouse with the one and only Erica Nix. Oh, yeah, one and only. <laughs> so I'd love to bring the conversation back to Austin, if I may. Please. Uh, so Charlie and I both grew up here. I feel like the amount that the city has changed since we were born, obviously a lot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, probably just as much visually since you moved here so in the much. 90s. Um, Austin in 2023, we're in like a really interesting transitional phase where a lot of the icons and visual markers of the town that we've known to be Austin no longer exist. Mm -hmm. And I think a continuation of that is the people who define it. And I would argue that you are one right Uh, now in your own time and in your own way. For sure. Um, but there's obviously other people who have come and gone and, um, it's interesting with a show like this one, which we've been working on for years now of like how we hold space for that and Mm -hmm. how we honor those who helped make the culture what it is. Um, (laughs) and I guess I'm curious if you have any kind of people who are top of mind for you, uh, that you're kind of hoping to hold space for or honor as you kind of move through the next few years of your life? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just like a a person, an old Austinite, like Leslie comes to mind, Leslie Cochran. um, And we do honor him in our movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about like how to, I mean, did y'all see that documentary on him? No. You can get it on iTunes. Okay. Um, yeah, but I thought that was pretty... Oh, and you can watch my movie that honors him on the Vimeo, if you didn't know that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, like you were talking about earlier, like things like feeling like, is it still weird? Like how to keep that continuing mm-hmm. and that whole like how permanent those those memories and that art really works. Like the Daniel Johnston wall that we were just... Um, that I just passed by today, like watching that building be gone, but then preserving the wall, yeah. mm-hmm. it like felt hopeful. But then mm-hmm. part of me is like, how much longer will they really, will people really remember why that wall's there and how, well, we always honor Daniel Johnson, you know, yeah. and it feels um, like the more our city changes, like maybe that wall will go away as if people don't know who he is. You know, that was pretty pivotal and feeling like, you know, we lost someone who really did make, Austin, Austin in, a, mm-hmm. in this really impactful way. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I actually, it's in the movie, so I feel kind of silly saying it, but I'll just, it's such a good story. Um, but I do feel like when I was in Austin, like, you know, one of, one of those days that was like really sunny outside and I used to deliver papers for this thing called downtown planet. Um, <laughs> such a terrible job, but, um, <laughs> I just like walked down the street and I remember like, um, looking out and seeing Leslie in his thong mm-hmm. and he was like bending over, like beckoning some like very jock like guys. And mm-hmm. in that Ooh. moment, like I felt like f- afraid for his safety, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, and then they looked 
extremely pleased. Like instead of like being aggravated or aggro the way that my mind was taking it, yeah. like they were like, oh, 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 and like, I think they like high five. Like what an them. honor, you know? Yeah, they loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like this is my fucking city. You yeah. know, like yeah. I'd always lived in such a place where I felt really like, you know, I just, in my family, it was like the weird one. Um, and that's fine, but it, it's not, it doesn't feel great. No. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like great when you go someplace that you're like, I'm not the only weirdo. Like this is my community here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Leslie kind of gave that to a lot of people, Yeah, you know? Oh, and Leslie just so uh, specifically challenged things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of conversations that you had to have around homelessness, around inclusion of things on a visual level mm-hmm. that Leslie just force people to talk about yeah and i think that to me is like heroic like that that's a really really remarkable thing to have done and for a city like austin which is like very quick to go conservative right and like in a moderate way right mm-hmm. like oh i like everyone but it's like oh come as on long as like, it what, serves me financially like yeah. we all remember that election in may of 2020 where it was like oh we as the city voted that we don't want to visually see unhoused people right mm-hmm. okay cool cool mm-hmm. cool cool yeah. love that for us <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah what would leslie say i do remember mm-hmm. this was what 20- would leslie say <laughs> yeah. yeah i do remember in 2019 it was right before the bill passed there was a group of people who like occupied city council for like 14 hours and like ended up going until like two o'clock in the morning and they weren't able to vote on it because there were so many public testimonies um and it was really beautiful to watch um and unfortunate that you know it feels like that work was in vain mm-hmm. i don't think any kind of work like that is in vain i think it's just hard it's just heartbreaking yeah. Yeah. yeah and and it's like part of what we're talking about here where it's like activism like that or diy artistic spaces mm-hmm. or things that are so of the moment like that to me is the best of life mm-hmm. right it's yeah. like sharing space with people and being incredibly intentional with how you're going about doing it yeah. but it's also the thing that's like as soon as that event's over the magic leaves with it and, and like that's that's why i do it that's why i love live yeah. theater yeah. it's because like you're agreeing to something for an hour or two hours however long it is mm-hmm. but there's no record of that moving forward. True. Yeah. yeah well, that's what, that's why I like movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see it later. It's, you know, the first show that we did was a live show and mm-hmm. it was so fun. It, it was the, in the, the most pool. fun. Yeah. The yeah. Most fun. I loved it so much. Erica Nix is a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was such a great show and it was so fun to pull so many different people from our community. And I had to fight for some of those harder moments too. Like, you know, it was at the Austin Motel and we had, a lot of funny videos. And then I have my mouth video where it's like my mouth uh, tells every part of my body that, you know, loves it basically. But it's like, and then it goes into like, I make everyone get out of the pool and look into the, the mirror Mm-hmm. and say three things or one thing positive about themselves. And there's like two Richard Simmons people dressed like Richard Simmons like mm-hmm. holding the mirror. And if they can't do it, then they, the Richard Simmons people press like a dog collar and shock me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes it didn't work, but, um, but like, Jeremy would always be a little bit like, I don't know if it's working. Blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> we are making something 
annoying, like something that's not that comfortable happen in this show. Like not everything can be fun. Yeah. You know, just cause they're not rolling around doesn't mean they're not going to think about this later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I went with two of my best friends to that show and it was easily the energetic high of 2019. Yeah. It was just a very specific moment where my friend Matt, who went with us, ended up moving to Denver a few months later. Mm. And all three of us kind of reflect upon that as being like the final, what's that quote of like, uh, you don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point you're going to do something for the final time. Right. That was that. Um, that was like the casual, like stumbling upon something that just had this like magical energy to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Erica, you just do this amazing job of inviting people into this headspace that is so uniquely yours and uh, saying, Hey, like while we're here, we're just going to like, be with each other and have a damn good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm really, what I started in that show that I want to grow is like that enthusiastic, like cult, like experience, which is where this is not a cult comes from. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like giving that experience that people get from religion or like that, like, you know, speaking in tongues feeling, Mm -hmm. um, but without like the evil thing behind it. Yeah. 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 Be like hell or persecution. Right. It's Mm -hmm. just like, I'm telling you, we're using hypnosis and beats permanent and enthusiasm (laughs) to make you love your body and it's going to work. Well, like I drink that Kool-Aid for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, even with splash dance, you end it by looking every single attendee in the eyes and, I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing that sure, of here, course. but yeah. the the way that you ended, it, it moves people to tears. Mm, yeah. And I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing that with our listeners at home who might be tuning in. Yeah, um, of course. It's not a secret. Okay. Yeah, I just look at everyone individually into their eyes and say that they're beautiful and perfect in every way today. And that they can have goals and still love themselves along the journey. Mm. It's pretty repetitive, but like looking into each person's eyes is pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a while to get there. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I used, I tried it a few times last year and I could tell a few people were like, like a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready to like do it. And then this time I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just going to do it. Yeah. Um, and if someone thinks it's creepy, then I'm, you know, giving them like, you can close your eyes if you don't want to see me mm-hmm. or you can take your glasses off and look directly at me, you know, giving people some like lim- like boundaries of what makes them feel comfortable is also mm-hmm. absolutely really helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, as somebody that was on the receiving end of like making that eye contact with you and like hearing those affirmations from you, it was so like, it was jarring in a way. Cause I don't think people connect with one another in that way on a regular basis. Yeah. No. I was like, okay, this I'm experiencing this once for one moment. I wonder what it's like for you to connect with mm-hmm. all 25, 30 people that are in the pool there on that intimate level. Um, yeah. What, what is that like for you? What is, how does that feel for you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I can't, I don't know until it's happening, how they're going to feel about it. They could feel like Ugh, like, why are you doing this and forcing <laughs> this moment on me? Or I'm not, I don't really want to participate. And then, so that, but I think when you are vulnerable, right, then people also feel like they can be vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then also, <laughs> so I have, this sounds like I've thought about way more than I have, but um, I have read a little bit about how to make a cult. 
<laughs> How about we all yeah, just like yeah. curiosity? Oh, I know one thing about myself and it is that I would thrive in a cult. Me too. Not as a leader, but as a general member. 100%. I, uh, I fit the bill yes. of like people who join cults to a T. <laughs> Except for the religious background. I grew up in a non-religious household. So that's the only outlier. But I do crave structure. Mm-hmm. I do crave things that are very similar to tasks that I already do, but are masked with like a different energy or a different air. Um, I love having like a boss or a supervisor who um, I like look up to and admire. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm always trying to impress people. Uh, it's like the list goes on and on. But yeah. um, like, come on, who doesn't want to like farm and, you know, have orgies at night? I know. The sex <laughs> is always the best part, right? Yeah. So uh, in the 60s and 70s, there is a very specific style of cult member. We're getting mm-hmm. off topic, but whatever. Uh, we're buckling up. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you know, if, if people are still with us, they yeah. know they know what conversation we're having at this point. So yeah. thank you. Um, but in the 60s and 70s, there is a specific style of cult member who is on like the periphery of the cult. And mm. this is like my dream job. Uh, basically, <laughs> they had to go out and um, they would like go to bars, they'd go to restaurants, like concerts, whatever. And they would just like socialize and they would find someone and they would sleep with them. And then the oh, that's next- That's an Austin cult. <laughs> it mm. might be, it yes. might be. Uh, and then the next morning, they uh you know would be in whoever's bedroom they're in and they're like mm-hmm. oh by the way like i don't know what you're getting up to today but i'm gonna be dropping by this like meetup i have if you want to come with make it like super casual and then <laughs> the person is like hardcore recruited by other people at the meetup but like mm-hmm. they just have the light touch and all they do is external facing things. But you know that's wrong, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's like with all of these things, it's like, you know, they have incredible values. And then five years in, they start yeah. training people on how to use weapons. Yeah. <laughs> it's know. giving Nexium. It's giving. Yes. Wild Wild Country. Yes. yes. It's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's best the, of the best cults. one. Yes. It's the best one. Rajneesh Piram, like, they knew yeah. what was up. Yes. <laughs> Except then the poisoning came. Yeah, that's when it all cycled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Ugh, it's too bad. You know, as if if I were to find like, and especially in that cult, right? Everyone was like a genius too, mm-hmm. and they were all like kind of you know all hot, like all that. And hot, I I'm very broad. I have mm-hmm. a very broad palette, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean that in just some silly generic way, yeah, or stereotypical way, I guess I would say. But I think. I, when I went to this pyramid scheme, which is kind of what started this fascination, um, I, they got me very excited with a video like this, which I've recreated in that show that you saw the live show, but basically it was like a pyramid, like this guy's like, I used to be six pack Jack fine to go home after work with a six pack of beer. And I was happy and like slowly pans out and he's sitting on like this car in front of a mansion. And then it gets, so he's like, but then I found... You know, in our play, it's called Amnio, the hormonal water. Mm. Right. But I don't remember. It was some herbal supplement. And then after they go through all the supplements, they play I'm So Excited. And half the people in the room are plants, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they all get up and they're like shaking your hand like, are you excited? Are you excited? And like the energy that came through my body was mm-hmm. so exciting. I was like, yes, this is so like, it felt really good. But I, 
knew I didn't care about that product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my helper, you know, the person I'm supposed to like, you know, I guess the, and you're cold, the person I just slept with, <laughs> um, he was like obsessed with my leg hair, but in a bad way. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Cause it was posted as like a job interview. And when I oh. showed up, I was wearing a skirt with my hairy legs and you could just tell he was like confused. Like he mm-hmm. was like, how does she have hair on her legs? How is this like? He had never seen a woman Whoa. with hairy legs. Yeah. Wow. They don't, right. They don't grow hair down there normally. <laughs> yeah. This is a weird one, guys. <laughs> yeah. So it was like it, that alone, just like his response towards me, I knew that wasn't the cult for me. Mm-hmm. But if they had been like the same, if they'd all looked like the hippies I lived with at the co op, right? Ugh. Mm-hmm. I would have definitely bought all of those supplements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's like, occult commune vibes that are non-threatening, non-religious, non, you know, soul sucking that we need that yeah. you're trying to like mm-hmm. cultivate here. Yeah. 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 I like, I just really loved that feeling. Mm-hmm. So it was like addictive. Well, yeah. and the way that show is structured spoke to the charismatic leader that is so often crucial to the existence mm. and expansion of cults. True. And I think the way that you did it in, it was like you were touching upon the radical love that so many of them mm-hmm. profess, but it's like there wasn't anything required of the audience. Mm. And that is like where the show, I think, really came into its own for me as an uh, audience member of like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, and now you must give me all of your material possessions <laughs> and like this and that. It was like, yeah. no, like we're here for a night. And like, we're going to make fun of some stuff, but yeah. we're also going to like touch upon some things that are very real and are very felt by a lot of people here. Um, and your production team, you know, did an amazing job with, you know, like the white outfits and yeah. the Richardson dancers <laughs> and wasn't there like a giant vagina that yes. people crawled through? Yeah. yeah. Vagina, like that we'd slide into the pole <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. And then Adrian had that booby monster. She has that, it's a bunch of boobs oh, and the water yeah. dancers came and suckled on them. That's right. As she's saying, like, as she poured amnio hormone water into the pool that made everyone gay <laughs> so if you were in the pool and you weren't gay already you left as a Rat queer bro. person mm. yeah <laughs> you know this show was pre my return to austin and i'm so bummed that I, uh, that I missed it i know i wish that we could do it again you know those things are very expensive yeah oh i yeah. can't even imagine yeah. yeah i'm sure just between the lights and the sound system alone it was you know and we had like a i remember it was like the only grant that i've ever gotten but um, it, we thought it was such a big deal. And when I look at the sheet later, because I was trying to apply for another grant, I was like, oh my God, it's only like, you know, like a third, a, a, th- a, a fifth of how much it costs, you know? Mm-hmm. But what's great is we were able, we sold enough tickets to make it and to pay all the artists. Like even a lot of the artists were like, wow, did you mean to send me this much? And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but none of us really got paid enough, yeah. you know? And that's really the hard part is like, if you want to be able to be an artist and live in Austin, mm-hmm. there has to be a way to like, you can't produce a show like that and have a regular job. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get burned out really fast. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Well, I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, but I produce commercials for a living, something mm-hmm. I experienced massive burnout with mm-hmm. multiple times over yeah. the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that right now. And, yeah. and it was like, I had to walk away from it and it was really tough and it was really challenging. And like, yeah, sure. My financial situation's super different, but I'm also not stressed out at 9 PM anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm also able to like 
actually invest in things and take my time yeah. with the projects I'm working on, which is such a gift. Mm-hmm. And to like get to have those like bigger shows, like our current summer run with Cheer Ups, it's been yeah. really cool to get to pay our guests and yes. to like validate and recognize the contributions that they're bringing to things and um, to just, uh, you know, share that around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Cheer Ups has been paying, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in general, like the younger generation to like at drag shows and stuff, like mm-hmm. they'll be like, so what's your rate? I'm like, we get paid. Because, <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, we did not. We did not. No. They didn't no. even ask. They yeah. didn't ask. Yeah. They like maybe, maybe you'd walk away with 50 bucks or something, but your costume cost you 150, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I distinctly remember the very first sketch comedy show that I did. It was um, an eight week run and then we were extended and then we were extended again. Mm. And the amount of money that we saw from that was maybe $75, which was split between seven people. Oh my God. (laughs) So rude. (laughs) So rude. But like it was just what was the, the common reality at that point and also rent for me at least was like eight hundred dollars a month yeah it used to be a lot cheaper yeah Uh so Uh that's a whole different world you can you can do art on the side in that way if you're if you're right like what is it realistically isn't what's percentage is your rent supposed to be in other states like what is is there's like a a third i think that's definitely is definitely half for me yeah yes yeah for me as well Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, Austin's tricky in that way because there's better opportunities here than in other cities. Like a very good friend of mine lives in Denver Mm -hmm. and I don't think that the career that I have been able to cultivate over the last eight years in particular in Austin would have happened in Denver. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I had been in New York or LA, I would have been fighting for resources. Mm -hmm. I likely would have had like a lower job title for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But who knows, right? Like there's always some like you know, proximity element with those cities. But I do think that who I am fundamentally just jives really well with the the cadence of this town. Yeah. You know, I, I think that in cities like Los Angeles and New York, you know, people gatekeep a lot more and don't want to resource share. But mm-hmm. something that I really love about Austin that kind of brought me back and um, keeps me here and hopefully, you know, keeps a lot of other queer and, you know, creatives here is that you know we don't really have that gatekeeping sort of community style it's like you know there is a lot of resource sharing and like investing and caring about other people's creative endeavors and projects to like see it come to fruition and you know I really hope that Austin doesn't lose that because it's the only thing really keeping us thriving and afloat right now yeah yeah, I yeah. guess I've never lived in LA, so I haven't experienced the. But I guess people just there's like less trust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's so many people in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of things like I look at Groundlings, which a lot of my friends from Austin who've moved out there um, have you know aspired to do. You have to audition to take a class at Groundlings. Wow, it's not something where you can just sign up for it. Mm-hmm. So it's like. A very competitive. There's like a qualifier. Ugh, yeah. I hate going mm-hmm. to the worst. I like LA. I've had a great time there, but 
going to karaoke there is <laughs> dreadful. I like accidentally ended up at a, at a karaoke. I guess it was also supposed to be like musicals, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. ugh. The whole Same. point, yeah. The whole point of karaoke is that there's good people and there's bad people. Right. If everyone's good, you might as well be at a show. It's yeah. Like not inclusive at all. No. It's so terrible. I was just like, yeah, I was like crying in my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that though, because if I'm at a place where people are like pros with a karaoke song, um, I don't know. An interesting fact about myself is that I have all of my stage anxiety um, compacted to singing. Mm. Uh, that is what I get absolutely scared shitless about. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared to perform. I'm not scared to go up there and make a fool of myself. But um, I think I was overtrained as a vocalist. Okay. And so karaoke is even something that makes me nervous. And, How? Um, so you're good at singing. And you're yes, and, it, and yet, That's like wild. no one ever hears me sing because how sad. Um, I know. I'm trying to work through this. Trying to work this. Gift uh, our August Queer Town show. My uh, challenge by choice is yes. to sing during that show. But um, amazing. It's it's hard to follow through with that. Do you know where you can practice? Where? So Mass Gallery has a residency right now with Alexis, who's doing <laughs> all those. All, yes, mm-hmm. she just won vis- Best Visual Artist of Austin. I know. Yes. I know. Oh, I'm so, I'm so. And I'm actually co, I'm going to be co, uh, whatever, introducing co, I'm doing, she has like an artist at each one. What do you call that? Co- Hosting. Co-hosting. Co-ho- a host. That's <laughs> the word. A coast. <laughs> he said coasting. <laughs> yeah. So you should come to that one. We're doing a uh, slut pop is the genre. Oh. Ooh. What's the date? I don't know. We'll look it up. Okay. Yeah. But it's probably before your performance, I hope. Probably. Is it through? It is in August, August? actually. Okay. Her first one is this Saturday. With Jane, I think, from Future Front. Oh, fun. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Be good. I think that one's like Cowboy Disco or Disco or something. Nice. Yeah, so it fun. looks cute. Nice. Every single person she has so looks really fun. And she's also just like, is she the nicest person you've ever met? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, my God. True dream boat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you should come and practice and feel better. I yeah. Can't wait. Be more empowered in my body. Yeah. yeah. That's been the whole conversation we've been having. So yeah. it feels like I the logical continuation. Too. Yeah. Mass gallery is a great space just yeah. generally. And I'll, now I'll, it's all queer. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't. Mm. It just, it's a new, a new leaf has been turned. This is going to be so off topic, but did y'all go to Jonathan's? Of course. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't, but I wish I had. Oh my God. I actually had the most embarrassing thing with your partner. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I left with Parmesan cheese. Ew. Wait, wait, wait. So just to explain it for people who weren't at Jonathan's, like this is so like inside baseball for the Austin queer community. Yes. I'm loving Google it. it. Google it. <laughs> So it was a um, pop-up Italian restaurant that was a performance, right? And everything was create like they hand made all the you know like mm-hmm. a stage prop situation, right? Yep. Like the set. And the vibe was over the top, like eighties, nineties, shitty Italian, big hair, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And um, anywho, I left with like Parmesan cheese. 
I wore a jumpsuit for whatever reason, but it was between my titties and my butt cheeks. And it was in the middle of the summer. There's no AC in there. So it was so sweaty. And it was just yeah. sticking to me. And I had a shit eating grin on my face the entire time I was there. But it was like, you know, walked in and like experiencing that space, experiencing that installation. Like that felt like quintessential yeah. Austin, just yeah. like Splash. Well, Beth, I mean, Beth Schindler yeah. is a yeah. genius. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Another, you know, another shout out is um, Shaboom. You know, oh, yeah. that feels like quintessential mm, Austin. Mm-hmm, like you walk mm-hmm, in that space and you mm-hmm. feel like you belong and you know you're going to have So a some people don't get it, which I think is like when you meet someone who doesn't get it, you got to You're like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and I can't explain that shit. That's yeah. right. You either, you either get it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Erica, it has been a true delight to have you visit us here in Queer Town. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. It just feels like hanging out with my two good friends. Oh, I love that. Wait, I'm your good friend now? Yeah. I feel honored. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. This is such a great day. Well, if y'all want to learn anything more about Erica, make sure to follow her on Instagram. Her handle is Workout with Erica Nix. That's it. And you post all of your events, all of your shows, all of the fun, goody merch drops that you're doing. Uh, so make sure to check her out there. Yes. Yep. All the links are in my bio link and also at workoutwithericanex.com. Amazing. Yeah. So simple. Well, from all of us in the Queer Town Clubhouse, stay classy, stay sexy, and stay cool this summer. Bye, babes. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all, folks. Queertown is a Hey Kerwick production. Each episode is lovingly produced by yours truly and Kristen Washington. Our editor is Drewski Hewlett, and our project manager is Elizabeth Easterly. Visit Queertown on Instagram and Twitter for more updates on today's episode. Thanks for being here, and thanks for being queer. Bye, babes. Bye, babes.